Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it is time for another episode of The Dummies of Wrestling. I'm your host, Tim, and wow, I have snuck in at the tail end of 2022 with a fantastic, unreal, extraordinary episode of The Dummies of Wrestling. It is the... Most interesting time of the year, especially for podcasters and uh, people listening around right now. Most of you guys are familiar with my other show, The Dummies of Horror. And uh, most of you people listening are probably podcasters yourself or listen to podcasts. And you've heard of a little thing called Top 10 Lists or Best of the Year Lists. And um, that's what we do on our horror show. And that's what most people do on their horror shows or their movie shows or whatever. Why not do it for professional wrestling? You know, WWE has the Slammies and there's all these other big fucking companies that, that do like their best of best of the year matches and all that stuff. So why isn't Dummies of Wrestling doing their own goddamn shit? Well, we are. Here we are with the end of the year, the best of 2022 in professional wrestling. Oh man, we are basically doing this as a kind of a, a an award show. You know, like like the uh, the Golden Globes or or any of those award shows, but this time it's professional wrestling. So we're, it's not movies. It's it's no. We're not going to be thanking Tom Hanks or anything like that. We're going to be thanking professional wrestlers: MJF, John Moxley, Roman Reigns, Cody Rhodes, CM Punk, all those all those big names. You know, and I have got a bunch of different categories to uh, to get us through this episode. There's a lot. There's a few to get through, and I'm going to be giving you. My personal opinion on what is the best, I have, um, eight, so let me, let me break this down, you know, let me DX this, you know, break it down. I have different categories here, for example, one of them is moment of the year, and there will be nominees, right? So each category has five different nominees, but there can only be one winner, and um, the person choosing the winner is, of course, me, because this is my opinion. And with that, with this being my opinion, is there's always going to be someone that doesn't agree with me. And that's perfectly fine. You are free to disagree. You know, <laughs> that rhymes. You're free to disagree with what I pick as the winner. But um, if you do disagree with what I pick as the winner, then please tell me what you would have chosen to win said category in the uh, in the, the comments or whatever. It, uh, it helps out this show a lot, and I want this show to grow as much as it can. I love the little community that this show has got ramping around it. It's fucking unreal, and uh, it, it's just good fun. Good friends who talk about professional wrestling and just get along. That's, that's exactly what this world needs, you know? More professional wrestling fans who get along. So, I... Um, I'm, tr- I'm trying to stall here and like give this a big elaborate intro because it's the best of the year show, but I'm by myself, so it's kind of difficult, and you guys probably don't care. You probably don't want some big elaborate intro like, welcome to the Dummies of Wrestling. You know, you don't want that shit, so why don't we just fucking get into it, you know? I have, let me just check, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine different categories, and um, it's... Yeah, I, I hope it's enjoyable for you. So I think we should just get started and just get into it. Unless you guys got something to talk about. No, that's great. Well, let's get to our first award. The first category for the Dummies of Wrestling, I haven't actually got this a name for this. I, I, like, WWE has the Slammies, I, I don't know. The Dummies, that's, that's, I can't use that word anymore, God forbid. Um, so I haven't got an actual name for this show. Maybe in future years, I'll come up with something creative. The Power Bombies. <laughs> sounds fucking dumb, I don't know. Um, let's just call it the Dummies of Wrestling Award. Let's go with that. So our first category is the promotion of the year. Which promotion was the best 
for 2022. So we have five different nominees, and the nominees are NWA, New Japan Pro Wrestling, Impact, All Elite Wrestling, and of course, World Wrestling Entertainment, WWE. And the winner, in my opinion, the Promotion of the Year Award goes to AEW All Elite Wrestling. Congratulations, AEW, on your award. Come up to the stage and uh, receive it. Just been given word that Tony Khan is not here to receive his award. He is uh, nostril deep into a pool of cocaine. So, AEW wins a Promotion of the Year Award for me because... Okay, AEW is still the the main wrestling show for me that I watch everything on. And when I say everything, I don't mean absolutely everything. I don't watch, I, I hardly watch Rampage. I don't watch Dark or Elevator or any of those. But I do watch Dynamite every week and I do watch the pay-per-views. WWE would be coming in second to that because I still watch the pay-per-views and I still follow the product. But AEW is the one that got me back into wrestling and, I mean, who knows? Maybe next year it might be different. WWE could really step up their game and, and be the uh, promotion of the year for 2023. But as it stands, AEW is the one in my little world that's doing a better job for me personally. So the award for promotion of the year goes to AEW. We want to set a new standard for all of pro wrestling. We have the best performers in the world. We're doing something very different. This is not a reckoning. This is a revolution. The All Elite Era starts today. All right, and the next category we have is rivalry of the year. Bum, bum. This one, th- I'm going to tell you right now, man, this one was a tough category to put together. There have been some rivalries that I wanted to include. Let me give you an example. Kevin Owens versus Ezekiel. That rivalry there was interesting. The problem is it never had a good enough payoff to being to be nominated. And that's the problem. There was a few rivalries where I wanted to include, but they just didn't have the payoff that I wanted. So the five rivalries that I've got here, and I'm not going to say all of them are great, but they're five rivalries that I will remember in years to come. A lot of these rivalries that happen throughout the year are, are somewhat forgettable. And that's coming from both promotions, AEW and WWE. I, I actually... I apologize, I don't watch Impact, New Japan, NWA, DDT, all those other promotions, I don't follow them. Just lack of time, that's all. I'm, I'm only one man, Jesus. Um, so the most of the rivalries that I have nominated here are rivalries that really interested me, really got me into the mood to, to check out these matches. And um, yeah, with that being said... Let's get into the nominees. We have CM Punk versus MJF. We have the Blackpool Combat Club versus the Jericho Appreciation Society. A feud, a rivalry that is still going on to this day. We have Cody Rhodes versus Seth Frickin' Rollins, okay? We have Brock Lesnar versing Roman Reigns. Yeah, a rivalry that has been played multiple times, but I'll tell you what, man, that rivalry got really decent towards the tail end of that rivalry. And the last, we've got Becky Lynch versus Bianca Belair. The winner for rivalry of the year, in my opinion, is CM Punk versing MJF. F. That's right. MJF. Okay. Let's break this down because this rivalry here happened in 2021. It all started in November of 2021. But the reason I'm including it is because this rivalry was easily the hottest thing in wrestling 
for the tail end of 2021 up until probably, what was it, March of 2022, where, where it finally finished. And this rivalry was absolutely fucking fantastic. Let's just, let's go back to the start. November, I, I apologize, I don't remember the exact date. Uh, for some reason, the 27th of November is coming to my mind. Um, tw- let's say, let's just go, let's say that. 27th of November, 2021, MJF versus CM Punk in a promo battle that is probably one of the best promo battles that we've heard in recent memory. I, I can't think of anything that came close. We had MJF and CM Punk on the mic, back and forth, back and forth, and some of the best lines ever. And I'll, I'll play a bit of that after I finish spewing my shit, but this rivalry built up, built up, built up, until we got the dog collar match at Revolution, which was a fantastic match, and this is a rivalry that I still, to this day, go back and watch segments of. Because I find it so fucking entertaining. And listen, I know there's a certain somebody out there that's laughing, who's got his big fucking hall of notes, grin on his face, thinking, <laughs> CM Punk's the best in the world. That's why he's a Rivalry of the Year award winner. Rob, it's not CM Punk that's winning this award, baby. It's all MJF. You know, there is no award without MJF, because he, as a, at his young age, he absolutely killed this rivalry, he brought this rivalry, there is, there is no such thing as a perfect baby face without a perfect heel, you go back, look at the ages of the greatest rivalries throughout the decades, there is no, there is no Hulk Hogan without the Iron Sheik, You know, the list goes on and on and on. There's no Stone Cold without a Triple H, you know. It goes on and on and on and on. You need a great heel to complement a great babyface. And CM Punk versus MJF was that rivalry. This rivalry was just fantastic from start to finish. I didn't want it to end, but you know what? (laughs) Some people just fuck things up for everyone, CM Punk. Um, But... Rivalry of the year. This rivalry was absolutely fantastic. It it deserves everything it gets right now. And uh, we're going to play a little bit of the infamous promo from 2021 and maybe some other clips from uh, from the rivalry that won this award. Well done, CM Punk versus MJF. Tape performing his rendition of You Are My Sunshine. I was so impressed with it that I asked him to come on my show. Please welcome five-year-old cutie patootie, Max Friedman! How's it going, Max? Great. Great, good to see you. Thanks. So when you made the tape, did you think you'd get to be on this show? Yeah. Yeah. If you don't become an opera singer when you grow up, what are you going to be besides an opera singer? Well, I'm, I'm going to be an opera singer and a wrestler. A wrestler? <laughs> Who's your favorite wrestler? My name is Punk. I am Strayance. I am drug free. I'm alcohol free. I am
what was great though? The pipe bomb. Everybody loves the pipe bomb, right, Chicago? Yeah, my God, so good. Legendary. What you would call a great promo, and I think it's fair to say, Punky, that the pipe bomb is your best moment. Except here's the problem, bud. Every MJF moment is the best MJF moment. Because unlike you, I'm not a one-trick pony. And don't get it twisted, I respect you, man. I respect everything you've done. Hell, I even respect the fact that you're straight edge. Granted, never in my wildest dreams could I have possibly imagined a straight edge man could look so much like a meth addict. And it must be extremely difficult to be straight edge considering if I had your face, I'd need to down eight shots of whiskey just to look myself in the mirror. But you know what I can't respect, CM? It's how you've handled our little situation here. And you can pretend there isn't one, but eh, there is. I'm so disappointed in you. But let's not start there. Let's show our guest a little bit of Chicago hospitality. I want to thank you first and foremost for last week. You introduced yourself to me. That's what a proper young man is supposed to do to their elders. And I had no idea your first name was Maxwell this entire time. I thought MJF stood for my jealous fan. See, I got the time. Seems like it still kind of does, doesn't it? If you're so hung up on the fact that I never mentioned you anytime I did press, anytime I ever did an interview, I never brought your name up. Well, that was by design. The last thing I wanted to do is feed your rotten little ego. Look at me, Maxwell, I'm in your head. Probably has a lot to do with the fact that there's a poster of me on your wall. Doesn't change the fact that I'm disappointed because I've always heard about the great MJF. And then last week, I did what nobody else in this industry, nobody else in AEW has been able to do. I shut up the great MJF without saying a word. And you had seven days you had a whole week to think of good zingers and you came out here with the lowest hanging fruit. He thinks he's somebody. He thinks what he does is revolutionary to the wrestling business when in reality, he's just a less famous Miz. Welcome back to Dummies of Wrestling Awards Ceremony. And here, with the next category, we have the return slash debut of the year. And your nominees are Soraya, Bray Wyatt, Cody Rhodes, Johnny Gargano, and Karrion Cross. And your winner... For return slash debut of the year, according to me, the best return of the year for me personally was Bray Wyatt. Now, there's probably some people saying, well, no, Soraya probably deserves that, that, uh, that, that award. And I will say that Soraya is probably my, my second pick for this 
award. The problem being is Soraya came back, but besides that one match with Britt Baker, she hasn't done anything. And you can say the same about Bray Wyatt, because he's done even less. The thing is about Bray Wyatt is he's a return. His return was absolutely fantastic. You know, you had the White Rabbit, Jefferson Aeroplane with the White Rabbit playing. You had the QR codes, all that stuff. It was amazing how they gave you this wild goose chase to follow the clues and and pick. And, And we all knew at the end who it was. We all knew it was Bray Wyatt. I mean, it had to be. If it was anyone else, oh, man, they would have felt the backfire. But when we saw the return of Bray Wyatt, I marked the fuck out. I was what MJF called a fucking mark. And the thing about Bray Wyatt returning is is it's 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 very slow at the moment. It is. It is. But it's going to build into something which I hope is fantastic. You know, you've got this Uncle Howdy character that <clears throat> that has just been brought to the stage and they're slow building this. This is what this is what the uh, the professionals call long term booking. You know, so this is something that I'm really looking forward to. Every every time Bray Wyatt appears on screen or um, on my phone when I watch it on my phone, I'm usually glued to the screen because I need to know what's gonna happen next. Where are we going with this story? You know, he's he's right now he's feuding with L.A. Knight, and I'm just excited to see. What's happening with this character, with this Bray Wyatt character? And that's the reason why this return has been the best for me. Well, let's just quickly go through the other nominees before we before we discard this award. Karrion Cross returned after being let go by WWE. And his return has been pretty lackluster. Not going to lie, man. Same with Johnny Gargano. He's done fucking... Both of these people have done nothing since coming back. They've absolutely done nothing. Cody Rhodes has come back, and for a person that I have said on this show multiple times, I'm not into Cody Rhodes. I do not see him as a main event player. I probably never will. I've got to admit, WWE has done their best to kind of turn me around on him. I'm not to the point now where I think Cody Rhodes is the fucking bee's knees, but he is slowly growing on me, so I'll give him that. And then we got Soraya, who, for one, looks great. Two, I'm pumped that she's back in the ring. I'm, I'm really happy for her. And three, I think Soraya is another acquisition that could really do great things in 2023. But put her up against Bray Wyatt. I'm more invested in Bray Wyatt than Soraya. So that's why Bray Wyatt wins my return slash debut of the year award. Let's get into the next category. The next category is Breakout Star of the Year. And your nominees are Wheeler Utah, Daniel Garcia, Austin Theory, Ricky Starks, and Rhea Ripley. Your winner, kind of by a landslide in my opinion, is Wheeler Utah. Willie Guter is a guy that has really come into his own in 2022. He is he is just let's let's go back to the start of 22 2022 where he was basically a four guy in the best friends faction. You know, he walked alongside uh Trent Chuck Taylor, Orange Cassidy, all those was he with Danhausen or was Danhausen after? I can't remember. Um he was basically the guy that got pinned for those for for the best friends faction. He was doing nothing. 
He was literally doing nothing. And then William Regal arrived in AEW, the Blackpool Combat Club would form, and he would be the first member besides John Moxley and Brian Danielson to join. Since then, Wheeler Yuta, he set his sights on earning a spot in the group, going off against John Moxley and Brian Danielson, but then going into Ring of Honor, capturing the Ring of Honor Pure Championship not once, but twice. He would wrestle in New Japan's Best of Super Juniors. And now, talking now, almost uh, January 2023, he's become one of the most known stars in AEW. Now, you could say the same thing about Daniel Garcia. The problem about Daniel Garcia is he's boring as fuck. He has no character. He's boring. He's got no real look to him. He looks just like a fucking little wimpy kid. I I can't stand Daniel Garcia. I get it. He's a talented wrestler. I just don't think he's that interesting. Well, where Wheeler Yuta is the opposite. This is a young guy who can really go places. Now, let's go into the other nominees in this category because there's someone else that I want to point out, and that person is Ricky Starks. Ricky Starks, when I first looked at this list, Ricky Starks was the the, the name that was popping out to me. And if Ricky Starks had... If Ricky Starks' whole year was as good as the last couple of months then without a shadow of a doubt, Ricky Starks would be the breakout star of the year. Ricky Starks has had an amazing, an incredible, a stupendous end of 2022. But can you can you, can you remember what he did at the start of 2022? I'm pretty sure he was holding the FTW Championship and still a part of Team Taz and really just floating in a sea of the AEW roster. Ricky Starks, and I'm saying this right now, Ricky Starks is going to be a major, huge, rock-level star in AEW in years to come. I honestly, that whole that whole line that MJF gave Ricky Starks about being a dollar store, a dollar, dollar, what is it? Fuck, I can't remember now. A uh, dollar store Dwayne, whatever he called him. A rip-off of The Rock, basically. That uh, That's not too far from the truth, man. And it's not nothing against. It's not. It's not a a diss at Ricky Starks. It's it's more of a compliment because he has the abilities that The Rock had back in 1996, 1997. I can see Ricky Starks being at that level in years to come. But as a year whole, Willie Udall for me is the breakout star of the year, and I think he's going to have a tremendous 2023. Especially if he stays alongside the uh, Blackpool Combat Club, even though uh, no one really knows what they're doing. But for me, the breakout star of the year is Wheeler, Utah. Welcome back to Dummies of Wrestling, and I'm here to talk about the next category, and the next category is an interesting and fun one. We have Tag Team Slash Faction of the Year, and uh, I, I apologize, AEW, I could not include every faction that AEW has, since pretty much everyone in AEW is a part of some faction, but uh, I've got the best here, I've got the best. So, the nominees for Tag Team Slash Faction of the Year are The Bloodline from WWE, Death Triangle from AEW, FTR from AEW, The Acclaimed from AEW, and Imperium from WWE. Your winner of Tag Team Slash Faction of the Year goes to The Bloodline. The Bloodline is, without a shadow of a doubt, the rightful holders of the Faction of the Year award. <laughs> this, I mean, 
Look what the fucking bloodline have done this year alone. Roman Reigns, double champion. We have the Usos, double champion. We have Sola Sokoa coming up and just looking like an absolute monster. We've got the wise man, Paul Heyman, just killing it as he always does. And then we've got Sammy Uso, or Sammy Zayn, whatever you want to call him, absolutely making this faction one of the most talked about factions for years to come. And when people say that the bloodline is up there with the ranks of Degeneration X, the NWO, the Four Horsemen, I'm not, I'm not against that, man. They kind of are because they're doing some great work. They're making the whole of WWE interesting right now. Absolutely interesting. They're killing it. They are. You cannot deny the impact that the Bloodline have made on not just WWE fans, but all professional wrestling fans around the world. They're doing a phenomenal job. They're the best part of WWE for good reason. So the Bloodline are easily the best thing in WWE at the moment. They're the best faction of the year, they're the best tag team. The Usos are the best tag team of the year. But uh, with that being said, let's let's just quickly talk about the other nominees here. Death Triangle, the trio's champions, absolutely killing it this year. The the um the best of seven series with the Elite. Um, I didn't even include the Elite in the nominees here. I just thought of that. Um. Uh, a best of seven match that I honestly thought I'd be bored of, but you know what? I'm, I'm really invested with the work of matches that these two teams have been brought us, but not, not like the, the death triangle is a, is a tag. Oh, I guess you can call it a stable, a faction, whatever you want to call it. They're a stable that have really interested me. I love the look. I love the, the, the music that they come out to. I like all three individuals. I really like the death triangle. FTR, FTR, one of the best tag teams in the whole world, period. With I don't think anyone can disagree on that. Uh, they have had an amazing, an amazing year, an incredible year. FTR are probably my runners-up in this. Look what they did. New Japan Professional Wrestling Tag Team Champions, AAA Tag Team Wrestling Champions, um, Ring of Honor Tag Team Champions. They've done so much this year alone. They just haven't captured the big ones, the AEW championships. But um, and, and who knows if they will, because with the rumors surrounding them leaving AEW, who knows what they're going to do. But then we got the Acclaimed. And if we're talking tag teams, the Acclaimed are definitely in the talks because they have come. They started 2022 as a kind of jobber-ish tag team where you... Everyone seemed to like the acclaimed, but no one believed in them. You know, no one said, oh, the acclaimed are going to... I don't think anyone would believe that the acclaimed are going to be tag champions at the end of 2022, you know? And then they had that match with Swerve in our glory. And um, <laughs> that match alone just made superstars out of both of them. And then you got Imperium, who are doing decently. But the problem with Imperium as a faction is the spotlight on Gunther and the IC title, not so much the faction itself. So Imperium, I, I, I can see them having a massive 2023, especially with Gunther and the IC championship. But as a faction, they're probably the least on this list. Still, the Bloodline is the winners of Faction of the Year award. And right, rightfully so, man. Rightfully so. <laughs> Check this out, Pierce. And everybody in this building, open up your ears. When it comes to the bloodline, this family right here, standing in the middle of this ring, we run this business. Oh, next category we have match of the year. And you want to talk about tough, putting only five options was tough, man. But I think I narrowed it down to five matches that I absolutely fell in love with 
that were absolutely stupendous. And I know, I know for a fact that I'm missing one or three or fucking ten matches that could have easily been on this list. And, I mean, I don't keep records of the best matches throughout the year. I don't. And I probably should. But um, this is the five of the year that really got me going. So, your nominees for match of the year are CM Punk versus MJF in a dog collar match at Revolution. Eddie Kingston, Santana and Ortiz and the Blackpool Combat Club versus the Jericho Appreciation Society in Blood and Guts. Gunther and Sheamus at Clash of the Castle. Cody Rhodes versus Seth Rollins, Hell in a Cell. And the last match we've got here is Becky Lynch versus Bianca Belair for the WWE Raw Women's Championship at WrestleMania 38. Your winner for match of the year, in my opinion, goes to Cody Rhodes versus Seth Rollins, Hell in a Cell. I cannot believe I'm saying that. I really cannot believe I'm saying that, that Cody Rhodes gets my match of the year. But this is a match that no one's going to forget, mainly because Cody Rhodes. The guy busted himself up, working out, getting ready for this match, torn a pectoral muscle, and then... Everyone just thought, ah, oh, it's a work, whatever. And then he undoes his, his uh, what's, what's he wear? Big fucking cloak or whatever he wears. He takes that off and the bruising around his arm and peck was in fucking sane. And then to think that the man wrestled the entire match and not just an, not just an ordinary 30 minute time limit match. No, a hell in a cell match. Wrestled the entire match, doing absolutely insane things, going through tables, going through uh, chairs and all that stuff, with this injury, really made Cody Rhodes um, (laughs) a fucking warrior in a lot of people's eyes, including myself. Cody Rhodes, I I I gained a lot of respect for Cody Rhodes during that match, just because I could not... I could not understand the amount of pain he would be going through in that match with that injury. But that match, even if he didn't have the injury, that match alone was fucking fantastic. You had an incredible story building this rivalry between Seth and Cody using AEW and WWE as a baseline for the story was fantastic. The way they, um, the way that Seth kept saying that Cody took his ball and went home and tried to start another company because he couldn't make it big in WWE and then decided to come back and he's not going to let that happen. That was fantastic. Un- incredible storytelling right there. And then you've got the three matches that they had. All fantastic matches and it ends with Cody Rhodes versus Seth Rollins, Hell in a Cell. Match of the year for me, in my opinion. I, I absolutely love this match. It was fantastic from start to finish. Right, they're both they're both going for the, the sledgehammer. Who can get there first. Uh, Rhodes has it. Rhodes has the sledgehammer. Cody won the race for the moment, but the even, pack, the pack doesn't have the strength. Well, Rollins does. Couldn't keep a grip on it. Oh! One Again, more! Again! Crossroads! Rhodes holds on! Two in a row! Powering through the pain! I don't believe in looking for number three! Thinking, oh no. I think Rhodes wants an exclamation point, Corey. He said the third time would be it with him and Seth Rollins. Oh! Sledge hammer to Rollins. Rollins on his back. Unbelievable. Here is your winner. a downright Herculean effort that we will likely never see again in a WWE ring. Unbelievable, unprecedented effort from Cody Rhodes. He cannot say enough about what Cody Rhodes displayed here tonight inside Hell in a Cell. Tonight in Chicago, Illinois, 
a fallen angel with a broken wing descended into hell and survived a battle with the devil himself. The American Nightmare with a series of crossroads. But the exclamation point, the oh-so-sweet period at the end of the tale, the sledgehammer directly to the face of Seth freaking Rollins. And for the third time in a row, the American Nightmare Cody Rhodes has defeated Seth freaking Rollins. Cannot get to his feet, but he can bask in the victory that he earned tonight. Look, I don't think it's an exaggeration to say that Cody Rhodes may, may feel the impacts of this match for the rest of his life, but Cody Rhodes can also say that he has now closed the book on Seth freaking Rollins. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we've come to that part of the show where we're getting really into the big awards here. And I think I'm going to swerve you all and, and come in with a uh, uh, interesting award here. Female Superstar of the Year. This one was probably the toughest choice that I had to pick. But I think I've made the right decision here. So, your, your nominees for Female Superstar of the Year are Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. Jade Cargill. <laughs> Tony Storm. Becky Lynch. And Bianca Belair. Your winner. And this was so tough. This was so tough for me. And I'll, I'll say why it was so tough for me. Your winner for Female Superstar of the Year for 2022 goes to Bianca Belair. Now, the reason why this, this was really tough is because I am in no way, shape, or form a fan of Bianca Belair. I don't like her. I don't like her gimmick. But I appreciate what she can do in the ring, how she moves, the, 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 the selling that she does, everything about her, she is phenomenal in the ring. I mean, her and Becky Lynch had some of the best matches throughout the entire year. I, I, I looked at the nominees. I did. Dr. Brick Baker, DMD, fantastic. But this year wasn't as good as her last few years. Tony Storm, kind of lackluster. She came into AEW, she won the championship, even though it wasn't real, whatever, um, but her reign was kind of lackluster. They only got Be Becky Lynch, who did great, but she was sidelined a bit throughout the year. And then you got Jade Cargill, and I put Jade Cargill down because she's been TBS champion. Um, well, she, <laughs> she's been the first and only TBS champion. And, I mean, she's undefeated. The thing is with Jade Cargill is she's not that great of a performer. She's still very, very green. She's still got a lot of work to do. And then we got Bianca Belair. I mean, it really couldn't be anyone else. Bianca defeated arguably the biggest name in women's wrestling at WWE's two biggest pay-per-views, followed by two successful defenses over Bayley and a win at War Games. Her, her championship reign, her Raw Women's title reign, is coming up to 300 days and will probably continue until WrestleMania 39, unless Alexa Bliss does something. But um, I, I, I think they're going to keep the championship on her until WrestleMania 39, which that is a hell of a run for her. That, that will be over a year, which is great. Good on her. She deserves it. She is a phenomenal athlete. I really do. I really do appreciate her abilities. It's just her character. I'm just not big into it. But you can't deny the talent that Bianca Belair has. So, female of the year goes to Bianca Belair. I'm on my own against the wall. The pressure's building, but no, I will never fall. Our next category is probably the most fun that I've had putting this category together. Um, and probably the most heartbreaking because 
all five of these nominees kind of all deserve an award, but there was a clear winner here. The category is Moment of the Year, and your nominees are MJF's promo about management. That's one where he calls Tony Khan a fucking mark. Unreal. The post-event media scrum after All Out, where CM Punk basically put the nail in his own coffin. Undertaker's Hall of Fame ceremony. Stone Cold Steve Austin comes out of retirement to defeat Kevin Owens at WrestleMania 38. And the last one, Vince McMahon stepping down, Triple H officially taking creative control. Oh man, honestly, all these all these moments, these these five moments in 2022 are incredible. Absolutely incredible and will make 2022 stand out for a year of wrestling alone, especially the winner. And with that being said, the winner, I I could not give it to anyone else. The winner for moment of the year is definitely Vince McMahon stepping down and giving creative control to Triple H. As a, a move that no one, absolutely no one, even those close to Vince McMahon, saw ever happening. Ever happening. I think we can all sit and agree here that... And and nod your head if you agree with me. I'll see it. I think that you can all agree that Vince McMahon was never going to retire. And the only way he was going to get his greedy little grubby paws off WWE was when he was dead and buried. I honestly believe that that's the honest truth. I think Vince McMahon also agreed that he'd never step down until he died. And most people here, and most people that I listen to who are close to Vince McMahon have said the same thing. But what happened this year with the whole scandal and all that stuff is a blessing in disguise. An absolute blessing in disguise because now Vince McMahon, who has given us years and years and years and decades of absolutely amazing TV, absolutely amazing characters, absolutely amazing rivalries, stories, all that stuff... He's become a senile old man who, according to some, has uh, early signs of dementia and uh, can't run a wrestling show anymore. This was the best news to come out of 2022. This was the biggest news to come out of 2022 for me personally. Uh, I think... I don't think there's an entertainment news that has come out this year that was more shocking than Vince McMahon retiring. And, I mean, look, there's still to this day, there's people saying that it's still a work and that Vince is still in charge. And you know what? By by little things in WWE happening, um, <laughs> it, would, it kind of wouldn't surprise me if, if that was the actual truth. But Triple H officially taking creative control over WWE was the best thing to happen because we are slowly, every week, we're slowly seeing more and more pieces come back to their rightful position. If you notice, if, if you look closely, you can see bit by bit by bit, everything is coming back. Everything is coming good again. And what's the old saying? Rome wasn't built in a day. Vince McMahon sent, spent years fucking up his own creation. He put the poison into his own creation and Triple H has to slowly suck that poison out and it ain't going to take a week. It ain't going to take a year. It might take a few years for WWE to really come back to the way it should be. And with all the reports that that are circling over the last month of Vince McMahon apparently wanting to return and take his position back... We can all hope and pray to whoever you pray for that that does not happen and Vince will just retire and leave it alone. Your time is gone, Vince. Let the new generation of people who know how to run a wrestling company do their thing. Triple H, Paul Levesque, he is the man in charge. He is going to bring WWE back into its glory from the early days, the the, the Attitude Era, the, the golden days of professional wrestling, the ruthless aggression days. Let Triple H be the man to bring it all back and make wrestling great again because no one else can make things great again except Triple H. 
I just said that. Yep. So moment of the year for me, of course, it's Vince McMahon stepping down and Triple H taking over creative. WWE founder Vince McMahon has stepped away from wrestling as the board of the company investigates a $3 million payment made to a former employee with whom he allegedly had an affair. Amber Cogliano with more on the WWE shakeup. Wrestling mogul Vince McMahon will address fans tonight about the sex scandal that threatens to bring down his legendary career. He is scheduled to appear on WWE's Friday Night Smackdown show on Fox. The man who created all of this. The 74-year-old tycoon stepped aside as CEO and chairman of WWE Today. Amid reports, he paid a secret $3 million settlement to a departing employee with whom he allegedly had a consensual affair. The woman has not been named, but she is reportedly a paralegal who was hired in 2019 at $100,000 a year. The Wall Street Journal says the $3 million was hush money intended to buy her silence. WWE launched an investigation after receiving anonymous emails and discovered other secret settlements with former employees. I have pledged my complete cooperation and I will do everything possible to support the investigation. I have also pledged to accept the findings, whatever they are, McMahon said in a statement today. I'm not daddy's little girl anymore. McMahon's daughter, 45-year-old Stephanie McMahon, is taking the helm just a month after taking a leave of absence. She posted, until the conclusion of the investigation into recent allegations, I am honored to assume the role of interim chairwoman and CEO. Vince McMahon is credited with turning professional wrestling into a global phenomenon. The battle of the billionaires. He became famous for choreographing wild stunts, including wrestling Donald Trump in 2007. Trump got to shave his rival's head. Years later, when he became president, he appointed McMahon's wife, Linda, to his cabinet as head of the Small Business Administration. The WWE has hired outside counsel to conduct the investigation. People, we have come to the moment of the show where we announce the male superstar of the year. Another award that took me a long time to really think about, to really pick a winner. But I think in my mind that I've picked the right person to win here. So, with that being said, let's get down to it. Male Superstar of the Year, the last award for this show. The nominees are MJF, John Moxley, Roman Reigns, Cody Rhodes, and CM Punk. Oh man, this was tough. This was tough, and, and I'm still, I, I think I've got the correct winner here. I mean, it's my opinion, so whatever I say is the right answer. But uh, I'm still tossing up. But who I picked for Male Superstar of the Year, your winner, the Tribal Chief, acknowledge him, Roman fucking Reigns. A guy that no one liked a few years ago. This is my reasoning for Roman winning male superstar of the year. Okay. I had two runners up here. MJF was one. The guy is phenomenal. Everything he's done. He's now the AEW World Championship. Well, AEW World Champion. He has been absolutely incredible on the mic from the moment he started to present day. Uh, he is phenomenal. He is a must-see act. He's pretty much the biggest reason I, I love watching AEW. Um, he's just great. He really is. And then my other runner-up was John Moxley. A guy who I'm not massive into. I've never been massive into John Moxley or Dean Ambrose. I could not stand Dean Ambrose. I thought he was fucking ridiculous. I thought he was just stupid. Just silly. Um, but you got to give John Moxley credit for the shit that he's had to do this year. You know, all the stuff that he's had to endure. He's been the man who's held AEW on his back. Take, for example, CM Punk losing his shit 
and uh, and calling out and leaving. Who whose back did it fall on? John Moxley. Go back earlier when CM Punk was uh was down with that injury. Who was the interim champion? John Moxley. John Moxley held the company up while it was going through its rough period of injuries and suspensions and all this different stuff. When the Elite and CM Punk were out, John Moxley was there to hold the company up. Now, in my opinion, John Moxley has become stale. He's a cliche of himself. He says the same shit every day. It's kind of boring. But he has had an absolutely incredible 2022, been a champion twice this year, um, done some really cool things, done some really great matches, has bled less than previous years, which is something that needed to happen. Um, but with all that said, Roman Reigns has made watching WWE an almost unwatchable product watchable again. Roman Reigns, who has been du- dual champion, dual uh, dual champion for over well over a year. Universal Champion and WWE Champion, both holding both titles. He has made WWE so much more entertaining. With the bloodline, just with him, his mannerisms, his acting, has been fucking incredible. This year has really shined on Roman Reigns. He's just done some incredible, incredible things. I, um, I, I couldn't give it to anyone else. And I'm not saying that Roman is the best wrestler of all time. I'm not a I'm not a fucking mark for Roman Reigns. He's not he's not even my top five favorite wrestlers, you know. But when you compare it to the other wrestlers, MJF, John Moxley, C- um, CM Punk, Cody Rhodes, Roman Reigns stands above all these other people. Let's look at the other nominees: Cody Rhodes. Started off the year in AEW, was kind of stale in AEW. And then went to WWE, did some incredible things. Match of the year, did that. Unfortunately, got sidelined with a horrific injury. And his 2022 came to a stop. 2023, I believe, is going to be the year for Cody Rhodes. We're going to be seeing a lot more of Cody Rhodes in 2023. And then you've got the other nominee, CM Punk, who has put on some decent matches, has done some really cool things, has had some really cool rivalries, but um, fucked it up for himself. He honestly did. And CM Punk is nothing more than a cancer in any wrestling company he goes to. He's a has-been. He's nothing incredible anymore. He's just kind of boring. And I'm sorry, Rob, if that offends you, but you know what? Chicago needs a better representation than CM Punk. In my humble opinion, I'm sorry. CM Punk is overrated. What, he did a pipe bomb, what, eight years ago? Wow. MJF does one almost every week. So, I put MJ, I put CM Punk down because a lot of these other sites had CM Punk in that uh, in the talks. So I guess I had to. You know, I could have put other people in there, but I didn't. So, Roman Reigns, for me, is the male superstar of the year. Boom! Ladies and gentlemen, that does it for... 2022. That does it for wrestling for 2022. There's no more wrestling this year. No, I just stopped it. I stopped everything right now. No, I, I should have actually done this after watching this week's Dynamite. Um, <laughs> but unfortunately, I didn't. I'm sorry. Guys, this has been a great year for Dummies of Wrestling. I really appreciate all the um, all the interaction that you guys have given us. It's been so much fun. And it's only going to get better next year. We're going to have so much more fun. We've got the fucking Royal Rumble coming up in a few weeks, which is going to be... Uh, I can't wait. I can't wait for next year's Rumble. I, I love that. I love that pay-per-view. It's probably my favorite pay-per-view of the whole year. And um, it's going to be fun to do the scorecard again. It's been a while. And uh, Jordy Van Vuklis, your title's on the line, boy. And uh, I know a few people are gunning for you, including myself. So with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you have a fantastic new year. Stay safe. Drink heaps. Just go nuts. Have some fun, but please stay safe. You know, I don't want to start 2023 hearing about someone hurting themselves or or worse. I want everyone that listening right now to uh, 
to be in the uh, con- <laughs> to be in the competition to see who can win the uh, Dummies of Wrestling Championship in the Royal Rumble. So, with that being said, guys, I'll catch you in a couple of weeks in the year 2023. Until then, I'm Tim. I'm out. Thank you once again for joining me. It is time I leave.
McMahon, Jesse Ventura reads like the who's who, but that was, I'm glad to get away from it, really. Indeed, that was a battle royal of music if there ever was one. I'll tell you, that's funky, chaotic rock if I ever heard it. Wasn't King Kong Bundy great? He was off key. Ooh, was he ever? I'll tell you, though, I happen to be next to Junkyard Dog, and he was superb, really. Junkyard Dog, let me tell you something. The dude's got no business being in rock and roll. He sounds like a mutt with a bad bone in his mouth. Give me a break. He's on his way downstairs to do a single right now. As a matter of fact, I can't believe this. He's down in Studio C getting ready to do... What is this? Grab them cakes? 